Hello, my friend. We are traveling into very adult territory today. I'm Raven. You're listening to Unstruggling, a podcast where we support you with strategies for mental wellness for everyday people and bring some positivity to your day. My last episode on personal boundaries back in mid-December covered physical and material personal boundaries. Today, I need you to have earbuds in if you're in public or around young children. As I said last Sunday, I'm focusing today on the boundaries for mature audiences. I am talking about sexual boundaries. I briefly considered not doing an episode on these boundaries, but these are just as important as all the others, even if a person's not sexually active. I do have a sex-positive attitude, so I do not have shame or embarrassment surrounding talking about sex or sexuality. While I'm not going to describe sex acts in detail or use slang terms for genitals, I am going to use terms for specific sex acts in this episode. I understand this topic will make some people uncomfortable, but there are many mental wellness topics that are a little awkward or embarrassing for some people to be straightforward about. With that heads up, let's get into it. Sexual boundaries protect your right to consent, to ask for what you like sexually, and to honesty from your partner about their sexual history. They define what kind of sexual touch and intimacy you want, how often, when, where, and with whom. These boundaries are important to talk about because a lot of people don't receive any kind of sex education. And even if people do, I'm not sure how much folks learn about how to negotiate sexual boundaries. I'll say for myself and the sex that I received, I learned about sex in health class in middle school and then again in high school. I remember learning about genitals, reproductive systems, diseases, safe sex practices, but not how to communicate with a partner about, I want to say, sexpectations, sexploration, all of that stuff about what you like and don't like. I don't remember learning anything about how to navigate these conversations. I think I was 15 when I stumbled upon the website Scarletine. I just looked it up. It's still an active website providing sex education for the real world. They have all sorts of articles and educational materials and graphics and images to help you navigate conversations and learn about the body, learn about your body and how everybody's bodies look different. There's also an area where people can submit questions and help them navigate talking about sex and sexuality in their relationships or just learning about their own sexuality and working that out in their brain, all these different things. So it is a wonderful website. It was great for me. And I will say that while a lot of people have this belief that learning about sex encourages people to have sex, that was not the case in my experience. I know I'm one person, but I didn't have the experience of learning about sex making me curious about immediately exploring sex with another person. So negotiating sexual boundaries can be really tough. People can and do get offended or upset when a partner doesn't like to have sex as often as they do, likes to have sex in a way that's uncomfortable or not preferable to them, or doesn't enjoy engaging in a certain sex act. On the flip side, some people don't want to hurt their partner's feelings, and so they're uneasy about expressing their boundaries or giving their partner direction to do something differently to make sure they're comfortable at minimum and satisfied at best. And this isn't good because it can lead to bad or uncomfortable sex at best. 
and worst case scenario, sex assault. So as uncomfortable, embarrassing, or difficult as it can be to talk about sexual likes and dislikes with a partner, my perspective is it's much easier to talk about it up front with a partner before any sex even happens. Rather than just expecting people to pick up on preferences by paying attention to signals and body language. That way, there's not any false expectations or unsafe assumptions being made about anybody's preferences. It's also good for setting a sexual partnership up for success. The more everyone is aware of each other's desires and what feels good and what doesn't, the more likely it is that everybody's going to have a good time. Additionally, this is an opportunity to talk about how to approach potentially conflicting preferences. The things you're willing to do simply because your partner enjoys them. If there are particular sexual activities your partner is interested in, but you are not, or vice versa, this is an opportunity to discuss which activities get the green light. A basic one for me is kissing. I do not like someone else's mouth on my face. I just, ooh, just thinking about it is grossing me out. <laughs> I share this up front so that there's a conversation about when kissing is and is not preferred, right? Because not enjoying a certain activity doesn't mean it's completely out of the question. Another part of this conversation can be whether or not someone is willing to try certain things to make an activity more enjoyable. For example, oral sex is a conflicting preference in some relationships. One partner wants oral sex and the other partner doesn't enjoy participating in that. There can be a discussion about trying different flavored lubes, sprays, drops, whatever, to see if there's a way to make that activity enjoyable for everybody. It's not appropriate to pressure people into doing things they don't enjoy or find uncomfortable. But I don't think talking about ways to try making certain activities more enjoyable or comfortable is pressuring a person. Unless a person has expressed that a certain act is off the table no matter what. An added layer to the struggle of this discussion can be that some folks aren't familiar with their own sexual boundaries and desires. How can you talk to a partner about what you need and prefer when you don't know? This could be the case for a myriad of reasons beyond people being new to sex. Some people have had relationships where they had a selfish partner who considered any direction or guidance as a personal insult. Unfortunately, people like this, <laughs> they do exist. Some folks weren't assertive in a past relationship about things not being enjoyable. And so while they have sexual experience... They haven't figured out what's pleasurable. Regardless of how much experience a person does or does not have, it's healthy to talk about trying certain activities, whether they're unfamiliar to one partner or everyone in a relationship. And I think as a courtesy during foreplay or any kind of sex, folks ought to be comfortable or get comfortable with asking how things feel or sharing what someone can do to make an act more enjoyable, especially when people are new to each other's bodies or new to an activity. I also think some people aren't patient with exploring what feels good, whether that's learning about themselves or a partner. They just want sex to be this time when everything is good. Everyone just naturally figures out their own desires and their partners. Everyone is well-coordinated and does the most pleasurable things. No one does things that are uncomfortable. No one says they don't like certain things. And everything that everyone does during foreplay and sex is sexy. And, of course, that's not 
always the case, especially if you're learning what's pleasing to you or your partner. Another common issue with setting sexual boundaries is some people don't feel confident or comfortable with saying no or stop. As I said earlier, it's easier to talk about what activities are out of the question before any sex even starts. That reduces the chances that someone will get offended or upset during sex. Now, unfortunately, some people believe because they may have been taught or told that they need to do whatever their partner wants in order to keep their partner or to make sure their partner doesn't seek sexual satisfaction outside the relationship. They think they need to say yes every time their partner wants sex and yes to every type of sex their partner wants. And that's only not an issue if everyone involved is happy and satisfied with that arrangement. Some other examples of sexual boundaries. Having a personal policy of not having sex on the first date. Choosing to have sex on a schedule or more spontaneously. Deciding to have an open relationship and determining under what circumstances it's okay to be intimate with other people. So, if you're still with me, thank you for listening to this all the way through. Let us know if you found this episode informative or incredibly uncomfortable. Reach out at unstrugglingpodcast.com and you can find our social media linked in the show notes. I appreciate you so much for listening. Let's unstruggle together 